Welcome back to the Scoop College Basketball Podcast presented by Hoop Scoop Media. We are back for another episode. We took a few weeks off. We're not intending to take a few weeks off, but stuff happened and our schedules did not exactly line up the best. But don't worry because we are back. We have a lot of portal commits to touch on. And, you know, uh, why don't we just get started with this, Dan? We have like two full pages of names hit on actually like two and a half. So might as well get going. That's just all we're going to be talking about. So if you like transfer portal content, stay tuned for this episode because this is going to be a fun one. So I guess we'll just start out in the ACC. So going in alphabetical order, Boston College got a commitment from Claudel Harris Jr., Charleston Southern transfer. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Well, you think of Boston College, you think of Earl Grant and the uh, progress that's been made there. And I was kind of curious to see how active uh, BC might be in the portal. Of course, the ACC, we talked about it being down, but at the same time, uh, BC is going to typically have a, 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 a steep climb to make in the ACC. Uh, Claude L. Harris Jr., a 6'3", uh, guard originally from Louisiana. So he's just making his way even, even further north uh, for his college career. And I do think that this is one I'm not I'm going to withhold a lot of judgment on uh, early on just because it's a big jump in competition, of course, but 17 and a half points a game. Uh, so clearly a leading scorer for uh, Charleston Southern. It's a team that won a game in the Big South tournament, a couple games in the Big South tournament. Um, take a look at uh, the improvement in field goal percentage for Harris uh, from his freshman to sophomore year now I mean, 37 percent. His freshman year goes up to 46 percent. So he's uh, taken better shots. Uh, a relatively active uh, rebounder and a sit and a, and a source of assists, but definitely a guy who's going to be uh, a good scoring option for Boston College, I think. Yeah, he's a solid scorer. I do worry about the jump in competition because Charleston Southern is not exactly a program that uh, consistently wins. Um, the one thing is, they did have uh, Flanders Fleming the other year who went to Florida. And was like sort of decent. He, I think he started at Florida and averaged like 10 a game. So, I mean, if that's what you get out of Harris at Boston College, I mean, I guess you're fine with it. It's definitely taking a gamble, but it's also someone that can be a pretty decent scorer. Just, uh, just kind of remains to be seen how he translates up. Um, Let's move along to Clemson, who picked up Jack Clark from NC State. Uh, Clemson beat NC State three times this year, and they like killed them all three times. So maybe he wanted to be part of that. Um, but yeah, I think this is a solid pickup. Clark previously played at LaSalle, where he actually wasn't very good, in my opinion. But I think he was pretty good at NC State, which uh, Kevin Keats really turned around some transfers this past year. So it's a solid pickup. Nothing special here, but it's it's a good pickup for Clemson. Yeah, I really like Clark's rebounding. I mean, almost seven rebounds a game this this recently completed season. Uh, that stands out to me uh, when he does shoot just under 44%. So that's not anything necessarily sneeze at. Uh, impressive tra uh, transition making uh, from one of the A-10's lesser programs to an ACC program that's been being built in, uh, in NC State. And now I think for, from Clemson's point of view, it, this is one of those guys that's really helpful. I mean, it's not going to be one that's 
the top headline in the portal or, or really an earth shattering commitment news, but I think it's helpful to have this kind of player on your team rather than a conference rival. I mean, it's good to take away kind of glue guys like these from your conference foes when you're able to. So I, I think it's interesting, this intra-conference move uh, in particular, and I think this can definitely help Clemson. Uh, it, again, it's not, it's something that's not going to bring the house down, but it, it's, 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 a, this is a, a swift move. Good to make uh, of a guy who just broke into Carolina. I mean, he's, was from Pennsylvania originally, eventually went to LaSalle, first went to the Carolinas by getting to Clemson and now NC, excuse me, by going to NC State. And now Clemson gets the chance to uh, kind of, maybe maybe Clemson staff believes it can even take him another level up in terms of uh, scoring in addition to that rebounding. So I don't think we've necessarily seen the ceiling yet, which is part of the idea. Not every transfer portal commit, not every transfer you land is going to be a guy who's a who's ready-made or you think the previous staff did all developing that's possible. Like this is a player who probably hasn't really fully realized yet that collegiate potential, but it's been a gradual build from LaSalle to NC State, and now for the Tigers' sake, hopefully at Clemson. Yeah, I mean, Clemson, uh, they don't really look like they have any, like, super dominant scorers at the moment, so maybe he can uh, kind of evolve into a bigger offensive role, which I don't know if that's the right thing, considering his percentages aren't great. Uh, his three-point percentages are a little concerning, considering the volume he's taking them at. But I mean, yeah, this this is a solid pickup. He was he was pretty good this year. Um, Duke has not picked up any transfers yet, but Kyle Filipowski is back for a second year, which we just have to touch on because that's so notable. So Duke is like, because obviously they also got Proctor and Mitchell back. Like, are they like, what what would you rank them right now? Rank them nationally. I thought for a second you might ask rank them in the ACC, but I guess the point is that wouldn't be as interesting. They're, they're like, easily the best team in ACC at the moment, and they probably will be the whole year. I mean, nationally, and I'll and I'll like, I'll, could, like could you put them number one? Like, I mean, could? I think there's an argument to make because I mean, you had them a few weeks ago. We discussed your way too early top twenty-five. Uh, you had the Blue Devils the number five in the country, and that's uh, with Filipowski out of the equation. Yeah, I mean, factoring him in, I think you'd have to grin and bear it and maybe possibly slot them ahead of Creighton at that point. And then UConn did win the national title, but how much like some people don't want to, you know, overvalue just the, the previous season's outcome. Uh, I, I think you could say Duke with Phil back can easily be in a close debate for top two spot with Purdue, you know, especially and Marquette was your number one in the way too early. So like, could it be one Marquette and two Duke? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's definitely very reasonable. I honestly, I do think number two would be my gut reaction quite honestly. Yeah, they should be good. With the result of Filipowski coming back, incoming freshman Mackenzie Mbako decommitted. But I mean, if you're Duke, like you want him on the team, but he left because Filipowski came back. So you'd rather have year two of Filipowski and one year of Mbako. So, like, that's just like um, kind of it is what it is. Um, Mbako is not committed yet. I feel like I've seen some Louisville buzz for him. But there's there's been a lot of teams involved, and it's been pretty quiet. So I will be interested to see who lands him because he's like a top 10 guy in a class. And yeah. Um, but moving on to Florida State, um, they've had a few rough years. That's for sure. Um, so um, they picked up two transfers this offseason. None of them are like crazy standout to page to me. Speaking about LaSalle and Clark, Josh Nickelberry is coming straight from LaSalle to Florida State. Um, 
Nickelberry, his his cousin is Kevin Nickelberry, who was the the co- they hired him. You know, the coach that was at LSU and Georgetown this past year. He was a guy that like brought all the talent in to Georgetown, and he is cousins with Josh Nickelberry. So, yeah, I mean, Nickelberry is a solid get. I believe he was a six-man year in the A-10. So any thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, it certainly helps that Nickelberry had the the pathway to FSU through that connection. Uh, Nickelberry is a former four-star recruit. So yes. For, former I, high I, major player, too, at Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He spent time at, at uh, Louisville before that before the, tra- before the train completely went off the tracks there at, at Louisville. But, yeah, I— Nickelberry, I think, can kind of have that power uh, level of play kind of unlocked again uh, with the Knowles potential. I mean, there's a lot of room for new faces to step up and produce uh, with a really uh, a program that's coming off a poor record in the ACC this this recently completed season. So uh, I, I I think that we've talked about some of the A-10 players headed to Providence to play for Kim English, and we're looking forward to seeing how, like, we expect in the, you know, the A-10 and Big East transition to go for some of those guys. And, like, the A10 to ACC transition is now what we're looking at for Nickelberry, but it's really a return, like you said, with his time previously at Louisville. So he's a guy who's, you know, been against uh, some of the teams in this league uh, his fair share already, and I think it's it's a sensible move. I mean, averaging 11 points a, a game this past season, shooting just about 40 percent from the field and 40 percent from three, tells you he's a he 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 stretches the his shot to the perimeter fairly regularly. So. I'm 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 about this for Florida State this first pickup, and I know we have another one to touch on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other one, Jameer Watkins, uh, VCU transfer, and this this is like a solid pickup. Like that that's all it is for me. It's like nothing crazy, but like it's it's a solid pickup. Like that's just my thought. Like he's a solid forward. Percentage is probably not as good as you want them, but I mean. Yeah. If you're Florida State, like you probably gotta take him. He's a pretty strong defensive player. So yeah. And any yeah. real thoughts on Watkins? Yeah, well I think I think for Watkins this this is just based on his stat line, like you you have to watch him to appreciate his defense. Uh just based on the stat line He's not a player necessarily every like the, um, the top half of the ACC would be taking at this point. Like I think in this particular cycle, this offseason, but Florida State is in a situation where it's not going to pick up, you know, every top line transfer just because of its power five stats. Like Florida State's going to be prepared to take on guys who are going to be like developmental because I, I alluded to in a prior discussion of you know a previous player. It uh, some of the really flashy transfer portal moves are players who are pretty much. You know they've ascended to their peak. They they're playing at a peak collegiate level. But the the transfer portal has a players of all shapes and sizes. Obviously, it's since it's so massive. And and this Watkins is an example of player who is gonna I think going to bring up the uh, intensity on defense for FSU. And I'm, if he can crack double double digit point score per game, that wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, these transfers are coming in knowing that there's there are points to claim. Like they're just the offense. The ball has to be somebody has going to have to be stepping up to be a little bit more ball dominant for them. So I'm not saying it's going to be Watkins in particular, but this, these are growth opportunities for these transfers at Florida State. Mm-hmm. I mean, Watkins is definitely has like the physicality and athleticism to compete at the high major level. So like it's it's not like some of these mid-major guys where like you don't know like if they're going to hold up. Like Watkins will. The, the question there is just like how good he's actually going to be like playing basketball. 
But moving on to Georgia Tech, who they picked up Amari Abram today. Who I, this this is the one that I really like. He was like pretty good in his freshman year, at Ole Miss. Ole Miss was a little iffy, but like as a freshman, like he was a consistent producer. And for Damon Stoudemire to get a guy like him, that this is a this is a really good get, I think. Um, do you have any thoughts about Abram? No, I, I echo what you said with it being such a recent development. Um, I'm still I was still following that story, and uh, yeah, I do. I think that obviously just finished his freshman uh, season at Ole Miss, and it's 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 yeah, it's a good get for Ole Miss. I, I'm not gonna or it's not not a good get for Ole Miss. It's a good get for Georgia Tech. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't. Uh, pound that horse for you. Yeah. Um. They also got Tafari Gapare the other day, and he is the only person in history to be committed to three different schools and three different recruiting classes. That's always what I find very interested about him. And he was a member of the 2021 class and committed to George Washington. Then somehow got back into 23. Was committed committed to DePaul. Then reclass committed to umass in 2022 and was honestly pretty bad at umass but he he's a guy that you just take because of his potential and i mean if you're taking a swing on someone he's not the worst person to take a swing on they also got tyshawn claude from western carolina maybe a bit of a high major stretch but he is a he's a solid big man i don't know how he'll translate but Georgia Tech needs bigs. Like they are pretty yeah. weak in the front court. So any yeah. any thoughts about those two? I don't think we'll those are about, like crazy pickups. Yeah, we'll talk about Tech needing bigs. I mean, Gapare brings size as well. Six nine two zero five is uh, what he's listed at as of uh, his time at UMass, and his birthplace listed as being in New Zealand. I mean, I think being an uh, international recruit as well. Um, you, you know, I, I'm not gonna. There's a lot of times it's easy to cast judgment on guys with multi-school, like you're getting up to several different schools, history-wise, and and def- several different recruiting classes over the years. But the, there's so much movement of coaches in this space. Like I, I'm not, I'm not gonna ca- make too many assumptions about it. Like I, I think that Georgia Tech's a great. First of all, it's a great institution. I, I was fortunate to be on their campus a couple of years ago, and Georgia Tech, where it's situated in Atlanta, really cool spot. Obviously, athletically, basketball-wise, it could use revitalization. Uh, but this is part of that. Is, is this is part of the effort to do that is to add players with um, kind of what what looks like untapped potential. And yeah, the numbers at UMass weren't, didn't pan out uh, right away and and didn't exactly elevate to what you would expect from a um, soon to be ACC player. But at the same time, there's, he's, he's a young player. Kapari is such a young player. So I, I, in fact, you might not even see the, the, the effect of, you know, his benefits of being under a Georgia Tech coaching staff until a couple of years down the line. Like I, I think this might this is probably more of a long term than a move than a short term fix. You know, it's not one of those portal fixes. It's a little more of an investment in a young guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Meyer has done a pretty solid job so far. Um, Miami got they did not get anyone from the portal yet, unless they got someone recently, which I don't I don't think they have. But they did get an international prospect in Kaishan George. I honestly I honestly know nothing about this guy. Um. But I just thought I'd throw it in because I saw people tweet about it. International prospects are just so wild cards. Like some of them do nothing, and some of them are like actually good. I have no clue which side George will be on. I haven't really watched any film. I will get around to that eventually. But I mean, do you have anything to say? Because I know nothing about him. I think he's like a two, three. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching more video. I would say, and this kind of applies. I mean, if we're, as long as we talk about the U, I would say it's about any Miami Hurricanes uh, signee. Is that I mean Miami with just and it's a no fault of Miami, but like Miami is kind of the center. I'm not calling it a, you know a blame or it's not to their it's not a criticism, but Miami is the debt the centerpiece of the NIL world and men's college basketball in a lot of ways with the 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 resources of John Weasel yeah. and all well, of N- Nigel like, Peck kind of uh yeah started yeah. this like yeah once his contract was released that's when everything got out of hand so yeah but but yeah, George so, international so I don't know if he can get NIL yeah that's a that's a different thing is it that, so, so but, maybe 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 they're taking him because like if you can get him and he's actually good like and he can't get NIL then that <laughs> opens yeah. up more money to right. spend on guys that can get nil right right i mean I, that's why that's kind of what i was getting at and what i was getting at as well is miami although it i'm sure it would like to be frugal with its uh boosters dollars at the same time it it, it has miami increasingly is going to have its pick of pl- players like miami is going to be able to be a little more picky about its players because of the the postseason success it just had all the above coach larinaga so the fact that they are going for this international prospect too, where it, it we're still uh, seeing as a bit of an unknown, like that's clearly I'm going to trust Miami's judgment of him. And until I get to see the, get to see the, the video uh, especially, but yeah, no, I think it's you what your point is an interesting, very interesting one is that what if like Miami is inclined maybe while there's still murkiness over, you know, the NIL permissions of uh, players paying on what they're, does it have to do? Has it been brought up? I, I don't want to be inaccurate with this. Is it like something to do with, a green card like if you're coming if you're coming if your first time in the united states is as a college student does it have to do with like the student athletes green card initially on the way into i the think states? it's something like that i don't i don't know yeah. i just know it's i just know it's a lot harder for international players to get yeah. nil because yeah, and like, that's something i that saw needs to be clarified yeah i saw like adama sanogo the other week he like since he's international like i think he went to like the bahamas or something to like shoot some nil video or something because he couldn't do it in the united states so that that's just like goes to show you that like international players it's not as easy i mean oscar still got a ton of money from kentucky so i think there there are ways it's just it's just not as much of a sure deal but moving on from the nil talks to nc state who they've got a lot of guys from the portal uh, Jaden Taylor, DJ Horn, MJ Rice, Ben Middlebrooks, Ben Middlebrooks completes the Jack Clark trade as he comes from Clemson, <laughs> and uh, Mohamed Diara. Um, so this this is a pretty solid transfer class. The one guy I'm really intrigued about is MJ Rice, as a former five star prospect who was didn't really get his chance at Kansas. Um, definitely has a lot of potential. Uh, yeah, so he he's the guy I'm really intrigued about. I I like Taylor and Horn. I think they're definitely a downgrade from Jarkel Joyner and Jerquavian Smith. And Middlebrooks and DR are just like solid big men. Yeah, very so very interested in Rice with the fact that you know it's a bit of a homecoming coming back to uh, given that he's from Durham, North Carolina. So I I think you know these student athletes are college students too. A lot of times, uh, you know, there's. There's a, there could be a plus side to the comfort of being back in your home state, and yeah, I, it, it's it's just considering Rice as part of this larger transfer class for NC State. Like this, this is a class. Like once you get past mm. you know three three kids in a transfer, this this is a yeah, transfer they, class. They so. could they can make a starting five out of this. Like that that would be like an ideal. St- like with position positionally, like 
Yeah. They they could run this group out in the floor. And and that's and I mean there I mean transfer the the process of transferring has been around since I was, has predated the actual transfer portal as we know mm-hmm. it today. But this is an example of the portals effect. It's like with immediate eligibility on your first time transfer, schools can <laughs> got to completely remake themselves in one offseason and have a whole new starting vibe. So it's it, it's very interesting to see uh, how the Wolfpack will shake out with this this lineup. But it it looks formidable. Yeah. Um, North Carolina, they have gotten, uh, since we podcast the last, they got Jalen Withers, Cormac Ryan, and Harrison Ingram. I do not like them taking Withers because he's not that good and he played on Louisville and he wasn't like, he wasn't like, I, I just don't see, I, I mean, I kind of see what they're going for, like, like the ideal, like archetype of player they want, but I, I, I just, I don't think Withers is that good. But I do I do think Ryan and Ingram are solid pickups. Um Ryan is like he, he can shoot a little. He can he's a solid guard, like he's kind of a solid role player. Ingram what is a former five star who I don't know if he really struggled at Stanford, but I don't know if he lived up to expectations. I don't know if North Carolina was the right move for him because I feel like he needs to be developed. And I'm not sure if North Carolina can do that considering like how they've kind of been disappointed the last few years. I think Ingram is too passive as a player, but I, I think he's still a solid pickup. Um, and, any thoughts about these three guys? Yeah, I was taking a look at Cormac Ryan's resume here. Uh, Ryan averaged 12.3 points, four rebounds, two and a half assists this past season, shooting 41% when you round up uh, from the field. It that. That I feel like that line right there, like that at those averages are like your average of the average transfer portal entrant. Like, I mean, double digit scoring a game is double digit scoring a game is not something to overlook. But like I, I just think like looking through our 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 listing here on notes of uh portal commits, like it it's like that's like your classic mid-range, like moderate level of scoring that you find in the transfer portal. And yeah, I I guess I mean Hubert Davis seems to have a pretty good reputation at this point early, uh, relatively early in his tenure uh, succeeding Roy. So Mm. I I don't know if I'm going to. I don't think he has too much more time left, honestly. Like if I I know, I know the end of this past season, the end of this past season wasn't great. And like, but I mean, they they were, they weren't even like good last year either. Like they just had a good run in the tournament, which like, I'm not just saying that he did nothing there, but like they, they should not have been eight seed based on the talent they had in the roster. Like, that, but see, that was the not committee, the committee doesn't see the committee seeding teams based on their results in the season, not like yeah. what, what on paper, what how good they should be or like yeah. should have been. Yeah, and so so he disappointed. Like, yeah, I'm saying he disappointed with the group that they had. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this this year was absolute disappointment. But yeah, yeah, I'm also not sure if any of these guys are gonna like get them like back to where like I mean Ryan Ingram are solid pickups, but like I don't know, like. Like Ryan, you, you noted how he was like just like your average transfer. Like he he's a fine pick in North Carolina, but like you probably want to shoot for better, don't you think? Like, and you take him, but yeah, uh, it's it's the transfer portals. I mean, I know UNC is a blue a blue blood and big brand. Transfer portals a competitive space. It's gonna you it, it can't land. I mean, it's it was gonna be hard for North Carolina to make a splash as big as its own departure, like with Caleb, like with Love leaving, like that's gonna be hard to match the splashiness of that. Um, but yeah. 
I, for North Carolina, I actually don't think North Carolina's success is going to be determined. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you're suggesting this, but I, I think UNC is going to, how it does is going to have a lot, we're going to have many more factors than just, like, I don't think the roster necessarily need to be overhauled by the portal. The way NC State actually had a little more of a wholesale change. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame picked up Julian Roper, and Notre Dame has, like, no one on their roster right now. So, I mean, Roper is their best player right now, which, I mean, that's ho- hopefully not going to stand, but I, he's solid. Like, he's he's a solid pickup, like, solid guard. And don't really have any crazy thoughts on him. But, I mean, it's yeah, a good I mean, pickup it, for Shrewsbury. It, it, it is. It's an important first step for Shrewsbury because Notre Dame does just need, like, a needs to like build on the clean slate right it's like it's it's it the the book is a, is an open one for Shrewsbury. they just and, need guys they have like no one right now yeah you need i'm not and roper is not just a warm body like that's the wrong thing like that's not the thing to take away from this but the Notre dame's gonna have some of those this season or like at some or in the off season while they're still trying to build out their roster it's gonna be it's gonna be a process of feeling it out for a first year head coach which is to no one's surprise but it, it yeah it's definitely gonna be the case uh curious to see how how uh, how micah handles it um, Pitt got a few guys in Ishmael Leggett from Rhode Island and Zach Austin from High Point. Uh, Leggett is like a scorer, and Austin's just like a super athletic, uh, like wing forward. Um, I think these are both uh solid. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts about this? Um, it's uh. Pitt is a little more on uh, your side of the country, so I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with uh, these guys, and especially like High Point and Rhode Island are more in your yep. area as well. Yeah, yeah, I, my, I'm I'm drawn a lot uh, to looking at Ish Leggett. Uh, he's from Prince George County, uh, which is over next door. I mean, it's not the county right next door to me, but it's that I I know Prince George in Maryland uh, somewhat well. And looking at Leggett, yeah, score, your your description of him is correct. Uh, looking at how he did in uh, Atlantic 10 tournament games um, or an Atlantic 10 tournament game this year for a Rhode, this was a Rhode Island team that wasn't wasn't great this most recently completed season. Uh, but Leggett was really like the uh, basically like a, a a glimmer of hope for them. Uh, 20 points dropped on Loyola Chicago on March 1st. Like just looking at how he did against lesser competition, like, OK, it's clearly he's he's past that. And he was in double figures as well uh, against Davidson. Uh, in a loss in March for Rhode Island. Um, so I, he, he's probably, he's going to be somebody I think who takes full advantage of the chance to show that he can score against the ACC too. Uh, Pitt's going to uh, rely. I, I'm not, I'm not sure how, if he'll take as many attempts at Pitt as he, he like he, he could kind of name his shot total. I think at Rhode Island in a, in a, in a couple of ways, but I don't know not necessarily be the case at Pitt nor that it has to be. Um, but I, I like, I like the move for both sides uh, for Leggett going to Pitt. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, tandem, um, or I should say tandem, an interesting pairing between the, that player and school. And it becomes a tandem when you add in Zach Austin. And Austin coming in from high point, you, you talk about like the positional versatility, like that, that, that is interesting to me. Like you, it, Austin's listed at six, seven, and you can put him at comma forward, but like in the era of positionless basketball, like I think it's, um, it's a good, this is a good player. This is a good player to have for sure. Uh, he's good, he's a good two way player. And I mean, being all big South honorable mention like that, you might say like, Hey, like the big South, that's not like a, that's not a crazy good conference. Like honorable mention, some folks might not, might, might not know what to make of that. Um, but uh, over five rebounds a game, uh, knock on the door of 15 points a game. 
Uh, I mean, and, and he really broke on the scene. Like it, this, this is something there. It's not like he just turned on or had a breakout year for a high point. Like he was the big South freshman of the year. Um, so this is a situation where I think really, I'm guessing that power schools have had a kind of an eye on him and kept track of his progress since he made that, those freshman steps and strides. And now Pitt's taken full advantage. And I, I think these can, these two players can be pretty much impact guys from the first couple of games of non-conference and non-conference will be good for them because I think non-conference will let each of them. And then you can say it's about all transfer classes really across P5 schools, but those non-conference games, sure. You'll play some marquee games against other P5s, but good to get a chance to play a variety of schools in non-conference competition, get a sense of the system and the staff uh, in live games and competition before you have to worry about, you know, the, 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 gaunt, the, the, the heart of the ACC schedule, which I, I'm really looking forward to leg at in particular, because I, I think he, he'll probably hope, I think he'll probably be in all ACC somewhere like that second team, all ACC range. Like I, I'm, I'm, I have friends Rhode Island who have probably let me, let me gas the gas, the gas them up to me, you know, and that'll probably show, but I, I'm going to put, I'm going to make, put that out there a little bit. And it, it's, you never know for certain, but I think it's just, I think it's more likely than not that uh, like sees that scoring translate. Yeah, I mean, Pitt has had guys do that in the past few years. And yeah, Austin can really block shots within the top 50 in block percentage nationally. So yeah, def- definitely can compete athletically, I would say, at ACC. Um, I guess just to see how the difference in competition translates. Um, Syracuse has picked up Chance Westry from Auburn. I mean, I don't really have to say much about this. Like, he didn't really play that much as a freshman. Um, but I, you take him because of his recruiting rank and potential and you just kind of hope he's good, I guess. Like it's all I really have to say about him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's, I keep using freshly. It's a fresh slate for him. Like it's a, it's, it's kind of like a, I'd almost call this coming off of what amounts to a red shirt. I know, I know it's not officially the case, but like amounts to red shirt. Um, year for him, and yeah, I I think he's gonna he's gonna get a chance to play like pretty I think pretty early on at Syracuse if, if all yeah, health. I mean, it's well. looking like that with how the <laughs> roster is right yeah. now. Yep. Um, not much to say about him, but Virginia has gotten Andrew Rohde, Jordan Minor, and Jacob Groves. Um, these are these are three pick solid pickups. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I like Rody. He is a he can score the ball. He's like a six six like point guard, combo guard. I mean, maybe he wasn't playing the best defenses last year. The summer league defenses were actually awful, but like he he is pretty good. Like I I think he is. He he could be a high major player. I know Creighton really wanted him. He ended up picking Virginia probably to get more playing time, likely. But yeah, I think he he's definitely an interesting fit going into Virginia. Um, and I know Jordan Minor is more up in your area of the country. Uh, so do, do you have a scouting report for him? Have you uh watched him at all? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I was going to get to Jordan Minor, but I was just going to throw in a footnote about. Uh, well, it shouldn't be. I shouldn't call it just a footnote, but a accolade for Rody, the Summer League Freshman of the Year. So again, talking about also you know, was on the, the Summer League First Team as a yeah, freshman. yeah. Com- the Even combo though Summer League was down, but like that, yeah. yeah, he's still good. And that feeds us pretty quickly into the Northeast Conference Player of the Year, uh, Jordan oh, Minor. Player of the Year. 
Yeah, co co player of the we, year. We yeah. will discuss the other co player of the year yeah. in a while on this episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 6'8", 240 for minor. Uh, he spent four years at Merrimack, and I salute him for being at Merrimack during the course of uh, Merrimack's transition up into Division One. Like, I think that I think that just is a it's a good nod to his, to his dedication and character because he, he he had a really good four years there and probably had probably had people in his ear asking, "Hey, why don't you why don't you go like why, why don't you get out of a situation where it's a D one transition and all this that and the other thing?" And he stayed. Uh, dedicated to four years at Merrimack, 107 games there. Uh, started just about 75 percent of the time uh, in, in those games, maybe a little under. Um, but I mean, uh, this past season, Miner put it up to a new, you know, career notch. At highs in points, uh, 17.4 points per game for his average, just under 10 rebounds a game. So you're obviously talking about virtually a double double per contest. And he was so the efficiency was really good with with Miner. I mean, fit, over 50 percent from the field uh, this past season. So, I mean, if there's going to be anybody who's going to find a way to make it a co-player of the year with the player we're going to describe in a second, like it was going to be minor. Uh, and it Virginia, I'm not surprised Virginia wound up closing a deal on him. Uh, I mean, there, I know there were visits to, you can check me on this. Uh, Iowa and Seton Hall were visits scheduled at one time or another. Um, but I, I I think he ultimately did call those off ultimately. I... Don't remember. I seeing Hall sounds familiar, um, but either, either way, he wound up at Virginia. How, how do you do? You, how do you think he like fits into the ACC multiplayer? Like, how do you think he like translates up level? Because there are questions about a lot of these guys. Yeah. Like, they were yeah, he was good in NEC, but NEC is not a good conference. So, like, how how yeah. do you think he translates up? Like, do you think he's has the athleticism? Yeah, I I think so actually. I mean, although it is a valid question, like we brought it up for every single mid major. Unfortunately, like it's a, it's the trope that every, everybody goes through as a mid major transfer. Like ah, you this is the mandatory question to be asking ourselves about level of play. But although it, it's particularly applicable here, just with the NEC where it is in the pecking order of D one. I mean, I mean that liter literally in terms of Ken Palm, but also just like in more abstractly in terms of its power and or lack thereof in Division one. Um, but. Minor, I I think in the end, it, I mean, sure, I think he'll probably be plenty athletic for the ACC, but it's a uh, he he helps Virginia in a need in terms of they didn't have that much depth in um his position area, right? So like, the, I think it's more about the fact that he's a fit to the point where like, sure, he he, I mean, he's going to be tested. I'm sure those first ACC games, you know, trying to get in the paint against. A different kind of body type, you know, it's going to be a different story, maybe in some way. Because it's all about the efficiency. The efficiency is going to have to regress a little bit, right? Like, I'm not, I don't expect to see 50% plus for the life of the ACC season he's about to have. But I do think that he's going to be able to weather that change and overcome it, thanks to, in part to how well he fits Virginia in the first place. He's also more of a defensive player. Like, you're not taking him for his offensive abilities. So, yeah. Um, and then Jacob Groves is like, an okay addition, like kind of a kind of a four three four perimeter forward. Like I don't really have anything to say about him. Like if he can be your like seventh man, then like that's a solid pickup. But um Virginia Tech got Robbie Barron from Northwestern, who I think is another like a solid pickup. He he was pretty solid at Northwestern this year, tournament team. Um wasn't like crazy like this this is just like a pretty average pickup i'd say a any just quick thoughts on baron 
Yeah, Virginia Tech has uh, I always I associate Virginia Tech transfer portal experience with Justin Mutz. I always bring up Mutz every time Tech comes up. So I trust Virginia Tech's judgment in, in the portal. And yeah, I don't I don't disagree or with any I don't disagree with anything you had to say uh, about Barron uh, as he comes from. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's another one of those guys kind of returning, making a, making homecoming. He's originally from Richmond, so that 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 checks out. Uh, Barron comes from a winning, like what's been a winning program at Northwestern. Like I think bringing in winners, it, like at some point, if you're going P5 to P5, like you're, you, the the school on the receiving end, it's, I think there might be some peace of mind from the fan base there and the coach staff there. Seeing a, a guy come in who's coming from a, a team that was so successful the previous season, you're bringing somebody who's uh, certainly brings in expectations high that are high expectations personally, but also just comes in with a winning mentality. Like it's not exactly like it's a com- guy who's just who's really wanted to play on a winner. Sure. Like that's one thing you want, you're extra motivated to play for a winner when you're coming off of a bad situation with a poor record. But yeah, I mean, we're getting a guy who had a, a, who was part of a really successful season, just in general, as a blanket statement, that's even more icing on the cake. So um, Baron, uh, take a look at uh, his percentages there. They were, his field goal uh, percentage, his field goal the, percentage, it like, wasn't that good this year. It, it dipped a but, little bit. Yeah. It wasn't, it dipped a little bit from his 2021.2 season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm being a little bit, uh, kind, but and it dipped while his minutes increased. So that's like something where it's like uh, you wonder if maybe like his role is kind of recalibrates a little bit at uh at his next stop here at Tech. But it that doesn't mean he can't do well in that possible recalibration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wake Forest today they got Hunter Salas, who is a former five star. Um, I think this is a pretty good pickup, con- especially considering how Steve Forbes has worked with transfers in the past. Salas has he was a really good defensive player at Gonzaga, uh, which is Wake Forest kind of needs defense. Uh, offensive is still kind of up in the air on if he's like that much of a threat. Um, but I think this is a great pickup for Wake Forest to get like a former five star guy with that can really defend on the perimeter. And yeah, any thoughts about this one? Yeah, Wake Forest picking up high upside guys in the portal. Like, what's new, right? Like, um, yeah, Steve Forbes as, as has been good at this kind of thing. Um, like, I could remind us of like Ty Appleby, you know, and, and guys like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's this, this, this. I, I, and we're, you know, I think, I think our general tone on the, on these kinds of episodes when we talk about transfer commits, like we're generally pretty optimistic about the vast majority of these guys, but. Salas, is, he's one of the top bigger names who was available, right? So, like, this is... Yeah, I mean, large. his time at Gonzaga was a little... Like, it, it, there were some ups and downs, but, like, he he wasn't a five-star in high school for nothing, so... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he was he was one of the top-rated guys Gonzaga's gotten. And that and Gonzaga's... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, he, I think he was a top guy Gonzaga got. And they got Chet, like, two weeks later, and then Chet was number one. Yeah. Or maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, after two seasons uh uh with Gonzaga, yeah, it's it's I I I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how he, how he handles this cross country move and anything like that. It's it's not a combination that I pictured like I didn't picture Salas ending up in this way, but it's I'm this is probably one of the single most like eye-catching. I mean, obviously the big name and but Wake is like been getting itself to be under Forbes a little bit more relevant over time. So I'm, I'm, this is kind of another one of those things that reminds you, Hey, Wake Forest is, uh, is not, is not, is not being shy in the transfer portal. It's, uh, it's good. I think it's, I think this could win for both sides. Uh, but it is kind of interesting when he, 
you know, when you decide to depart Gonzaga, like you are, Gonzaga has been one, I mean, put them with, forget the conscious, put them with anybody in terms of schools who have been regularly playing deep into March. Like you are maybe risking that chance to play extended time in, in the March and uh, that kind of thing. But let's see, let's see how, let's see how it pans out at Wake Forest. Yeah, so moving from the ACT to the Big East, Butler got a lot of guys. They got Landon Moore, Pierre Brooks, Jamil Telfort, Andre Screen, and DJ Davis. And I don't think any of these are, like, bad pickups, but I just think there's no, like... And, I mean, a lot of this goes back to NIL, which Butler is not particularly strong in. Like, there's just, like, no, like... Nothing that really, like, pops off in this class. Like, it's good, and it's... I mean... I don't know if it's I don't I don't really know if I'd say it's good honestly, but like these are all solid players, but they're all like six best players on a team like high major team. So like but Butler could be in for a very rough year, but like not to discredit yeah. any of these players. Like I know you're pretty from you probably be pretty <laughs> familiar with Telfort yeah. being yeah. Um, so what's what's just a quick scouting report on him. Yeah, so for Telfort, the biggest thing I'd say about him, real quickly, and I won't, I'll try not to spend too much time on it, is like I, I, I knew pretty, pretty early on, like he from his freshman season with Northeastern, like he, 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 you could write him down as all conference pretty quickly, like he, he just jumped at you in that level of play in that conference in games you watched, uh, in, in with Northeastern, he was without a question like one of those guys who Northeastern was going to look to build around as long as they could keep him, like as long as they. Could keep him in house there um they were going to look to build around him and that's been the case i mean his points per game has increased which he's with each of the three years of his career uh he was hovering right about around 41 between 41 and 42 percent field goal wise until uh this last season just completed and he jumped up to 45 percent so he kind of took that next step even more so i i'm and i'm not saying i'm the only one who saw this like i think everybody kind of saw at once that he was going to be an impact in the mid-major spot his freshman year and it's just been, I think, what allowed him to get up to the Big East now this offseason is the fact that he he took it up a step further in it as he became upperclassman with his junior season. So I look forward to kind of seeing how he how many minutes he can earn at Butler because it's such a big transfer class. But Butler does have a spot where it's not an overwhelmingly like high power transfer class. So any one of these players, Telfort or otherwise, uh, could mean, yeah. make themselves the top the top dog in it. I mean, I think Telfort might be their best player next year. And another guy I kind of like is DJ Davis, who they got yesterday. He can really shoot the ball. Like, he can shoot the ball. He was shot over 40% on over two and a half makes a game, was all Big West. So th that's a pretty solid get. Um, but, yeah, Butler might be in for a rough season. Creighton picked up Stephen Ashworth, who was that, – that was big. I, I'm a big fan of this pickup as a Creighton fan. Ashworth is – arguably the best shooter in the country and definitely adds more shooting to the point guard position that Nemhard couldn't really bring. Um, Ashworth also doesn't really get to the rim like Nemhard did. Um, he, he's also a good passer. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is a really good pickup. I mean, obviously I, I'm uh, more in the know about Ashworth uh, being a Crane fan, but like, do you have any quick thoughts Big, big, big pickup, big pickup for sure. Going to be one of the best. I mean, you talk about one of the best shooters in the country. He's going to be easily in the Big East leaderboard of perimeter shooting. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's big for Creighton. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. They also got high school three-star Sterling Knox the other day just to fill a scholarship basically. And if he's good down the road and he's good down the road, but DePaul got a few guys from the portal, uh, Jeremiah Oden, Jaden Henley, and Chico Carter. 
none of these guys are really like that uh, great. Um, I mean, DePaul is likely another program that NIL is not really there, but um, to the extent. But I mean, these three are all solid, but none of them are really like DePaul might also be in for a rough year. <laughs> any, any. Yeah. Thoughts or... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to necessarily be um, overly smooth for them. Carter, kind of an interesting journey. Uh, was at Murray State before yes. uh, South Carolina. And uh, I mean, it just seems like this. I mean, it makes sense for him as he, I would, it, if my calculations are right, I would presume he's going to, this is going to be a graduate eligibility situation for him. I, I believe so. He's, DePaul. he's been around for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, if, DePaul, for if you if you have a roster and a team that needs help to kind of just make, have a respectable conference season, like adding grad transfer players, guys who have played in a couple different conferences, guys who've kind of been around the block in college basketball, like that's one of the more like safe moves you can make, right? It's kind of get like get. I mean, it, 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 calling yeah. It, well, like, if, if if you're DePaul, you don't like, want to make the safe move. You actually want to go for the home runs and but, like but you see, take but gambles. Home run players aren't going to pick the fall right now. Well, you got to take like gambles on players that like, sure. and I mean, okay. maybe, maybe you're doing this on these guys, but like yeah. Henley, Henley could be the example. Like he was pretty bad his first, like, I mean, not bad. Like he sort of played, but like Minnesota was just a disaster, but like they're, they're, they're not like taking him based on what he did. They're taking him based on what he could do, but moving on to Georgetown who. Picked up Jaden Epps, Rowan Brumba, and Dontre Styles. Epps was pretty good as a freshman for Illinois, so that's a good pickup. Brumba really intrigues me. He was a redshirt freshman at Texas that I really liked coming out of high school. And then Styles, um, I he kind of sat in a bench in North Carolina, didn't play a ton, but if you can get something good out of him, then that's good. Um, thoughts yeah, I also do I have to remind you, Rowan Brumba. Is, is is he a, is he an interview hoops group media interview alumnus he, he, or well, he is yeah I I remember I remember I remember we had him on yeah we and did. yeah I, he this is interesting so okay so Ed Cooley at Georgetown gets Rowan Brumball DC zone back to DC that, that DC is uh like we want to about obviously needless to say the heart of the DMV right like that hmm. uh, Brumball doesn't like have a lot in his collegiate resume from his start at Texas but. Um, yeah, I, I think this, and I, I'm not, I'm just using it as an example of like setting the tone, Georgetown reestablishes itself as keeping the uber talented, like the top talents in DC in DC. Like I, mm-hmm. because this, I, that, I know, I know he uh, visited in high school. Yeah. Um, well, well you have to, if you're coming out of, if you're going out of DC. Well, like, and, yeah, but they had like Ewing, like they weren't, they weren't going anywhere, yeah. but now, <laughs> now that they actually have Cooley and have maybe a future for the program and like, yeah, might as well right. go there now. Yeah. Um, moving on to St. John's, where Rick Pitino has maybe not done as good of a job in the portal as you'd like. It kind of depends what perspective you're coming at. They got Dennis Jenkins, Cruz Davis, Naheem Aline, Sean Conway, and Quinn Slazinski. Jenkins is the best out of this bunch, but there are questions that he won't be eligible because he hasn't graduated yet. I don't know what the chances that he like graduates over the summer and is eligible because this is his fourth year in college. So like there, there's a real scenario where he's able to like get enough credits over the summer where he graduates, but until then he will not be eligible. Uh, yeah. Like th- this is, this is a little underwhelming so far. I just, yeah. yeah. What's Aline, your Aline's is- a good pickup. But. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I was I was going to mention Aline as being kind of what like sticks out to me. Like it's a na- now now we're talking about national champ <laughs> making his way within the conference over to St. John's. But uh, the what you're talking about with the credits and everything, and like hey, it's a question of like making sure he's he's graduated and everything in order to make a move. Like this is the talk about the n- number of transfers in the portal in total, and then you talk about grad transfers, like guys who are planning like it. It's a whole. It's so complicated. Like the world of making sure you're academically on track and making sure which tr- which credits will move over from one school to another it's there's a, there's a school there's a whole school headache to this in addition to athletics so it's it's just kind of when when that comes up it kind of serves as one big reminder to all of us like hey it's not always as, as straightforward and easy you got to worry about university admissions people compliance people you know they're all doing their jobs too so yeah i i hey this is why rick patino got back in the high major though right this is why patino is going to get paid high major bucks at st john's so let's Let's see. Yeah, let's see if he can. Uh, I mean, and there's a summer, too. I'm sure there'll be movement happening in the summer, too. There's there's a runway here for there to be more to come, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still a few more spots. Um, Yeah, Davis and Szynski are guys that followed him and had previous high major experience. Or, I mean, in Cruz Davis's case, he was previously committed to a high major. So, like, these guys aren't, like, guys that can't compete to high major. I, I don't know if Sean Conway can compete to high major level, though. I'm I'm not so sure on him. Uh, you can take him as like your tenth man, but I he better be the tenth man because VMI was not that good. Like like he's fine. Like he's a solid player, just not a high major player. So let's move along to Villanova, where they got TJ Bamba and Hakeem Hart, two very solid pickups. Bamba can score the ball very well. And Hart, Hart is kind of a very versatile forward. Uh, can kind of score, pass, rebound a little. He, yeah. So, um, I guess Villanova is like right up in your area. So, what are you? What's uh, your rundown on these pickups? Yeah, th- these are these are strong. These are strong additions. I Hakeem Hart gets to go back from uh from Maryland back to the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, Hart was scoring double figures. Uh, really good efficiency there i mean even in 21 22 he was actually at his highest field goal percentage just under 53 percent in total on the 21 22 season and add him with like even more like high i'm I'm not i'm not calling tj bomba like exceptionally nationally high profile but he's like just like a very much mainstream like scorer like you call him a scorer that's accurate uh these this is just a good one-two punch for villanova they they did well for themselves. Villanova is going to have a Villanova is going to have a bounce back uh, with yeah. Neptune here, I think. And hopefully, hopefully uh, have a fully healthy Justin Moore. Yeah, as well yeah. as maybe like a good year two from Mark Armstrong. Eric Dixon yeah. is back; he's pretty good. They're yeah, no, there are existing, existing pieces where where you can like, see how these transfers add to what you're already looking at bringing back. So we saw Villanova maybe wake up a little bit too later in this this past yeah season. yeah a little so, bit. So I think I think this kind of is an extension of that. It's good to good to see Nova carry this momentum into the uh, into the off season. Now, I say good to see it. I've mentioned you touched on Villanova being my backyard. Football wise, it couldn't be more of a rival to folks around here. But basketball wise, objectively, I must say yes, it's um yeah they've they've done well for themselves. Yep, Kyle Neptune probably won't have any excuses if they suck this year, but. Let's see who do we have next. Xavier. Xavier likes their Conference USA transfers. That is the theme of this. And they got two Conference USA guards in Davion McKnight and Quincy Oliveri. And they got a Conference USA big man in Abu Usman. 
from North Texas. They also brought in uh, Indiana Reserve Big Logan Duncombe. He's from the area, I believe, and they're probably just taking like a flyer on him. If he's good, and he's good, and if he's not, then oh well. Um, but yeah, the Conference USA guys are the most intriguing, and this this is a good backcourt. I mean, you have to think that they saw Sule Boom was so good. Like, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, keep this Conference USA train rolling. But like, make, when I can get to the rim for a size very well. All very more of a shooter, um, which Ignite is not, so they complement each other really well. Usman just like he he's just a big body, so that that's that's kind of my rundown on yeah. uh, those guys. And anything to add on that? Yeah, I was you talk about the big body of Usman. That's what I was going to discuss uh, for a moment, just because I think he has a pretty. I I I'm interested in his path to uh, to playing here. I mean, it's a six ten forward, two thirty out of Brooklyn. Uh, and he's put together two straight seasons of double figures scoring. Uh, he jumped from his uh, freshman season. He was getting he was getting eight minutes a game his freshman season, and since then he's you know been playing easily twenty minutes plus. And I think he's going to get those minutes at um, Xavier. I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be watching him. I think particularly. Yeah, and Xavier the other day they just got Zach Fremantle said he'd be back for his fifth year. I th- I think he really fits well with Usman. Like. I, I don't think Fremantle and Nunji like fit together really well. I think they were almost too similar. Like, but like Usman just like gonna like control the paint, and then Fremantle can have Fremantle's a little more skilled. Uh, so I, I think I think this that's a good combination. Um, and moving on to the Big Ten, where Illinois picked up three players in Justin Harmon, Marcus Domask, and Quincy Garrier. Um. I um uh, my hmm, I don't know who my favorite is. Maybe Domask. I, I like Gary A too. Um I'm not a big fan of Justin Harmon, honestly. But like he's he's still like solid was a solid point guard on a pretty good Utah Valley team. But yeah, Domask can really do it all. Gary A is uh a good power forward. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this transfer class? Yeah, good good for the fighting on the line eye to be able to pull a dome mask right from Southern Illinois. Why keep it keep it in state? Why don't you? Uh, and de- yeah, dome mask like yep, yeah, checks a lot of boxes, and that that free throw percentage is always pretty good. And I just checked taking a look at that, checking out him as listed as being a six six forward, seeing how it goes at the line. I mean, he, he was at. Hovered right at 82% ballpark for three seasons with the Salukis, and it, it jumped up 87.6% at the free throw line this past season completed. So he yeah, he's he's scoring at the line and in the field. He can pass the ball too. He, like yeah, yeah. Look, you look at passing, game. Right. Yeah. Those assists are 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 they look they look good as well. So yeah, well-rounded addition, uh, probably is why I, that that was my biggest one of note for Illinois. Yeah. One thing that I found really interesting on here is when he was in high school, Quincy Garrier released the top three of Syracuse, Oregon, and Illinois. And now he will play all three of those schools. So just uh, testing them all out. <laughs> yeah. Why have yeah. a, why have to Touch decide between your top three when you can just go to all of them? So, <laughs> but then the question yeah. is, <laughs> yeah, do you want to be the school that had him first or do you want to be the school that, fin- that he finishes with? See, do you want to get the commitment I mean, out he, of high he, school? Or? He was the best at Syracuse so far. Oregon, he yeah. was he was moderately disappointing, but he, he was good at Syracuse. 
he's a good power forward addition for the Illini. And moving on to Indiana, where they got Clell Ware, and this one is really intriguing. Speaking about Oregon transfers, um, because like he he could be an All American, like I like, but there have been many questions about his motor. That's been like the biggest issue. Like if if he like if he like actually tries, like he could be like like an All American caliber player. Like he is. He is that good, so you, you but you can't bet on that. He's automatically gonna be that. That's that's just when I'm really following closely. Um, I think I think it's a good pickup for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I I get it. I understand. Like for a, a seven foot freshman, right? Like it's like you, he's he's skilled too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't. I don't say seven feet. Like oh, all he is is just a like a a a a, 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 a tall presence, but. I'm saying is that like question about the motor, like sure I can understand like when you're coming when you're coming into a P5, you know Nike Nike Central Oregon, like that's a great like you have to be. I'm not I'm not questioning his like motivation to play the game. I'm just saying like there are a lot of factors. Like you're coming out of a, a high school career where you were able to just kind of be better than be above the rest literally, and then you're entering Oregon like it making the jump from is originally being from Arkansas, making the jump all the way over to Oregon for his freshman year, and like I I there. There's so many factors in terms of like what goes into like questioning the the motor. Like, well, it's not just random. Like, it's not like he just woke up one day didn't want to be a hundred percent basketball, a hundred percent basketball player every time down the floor. Like it, 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 and like question about motor also had to do with like we 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 see the potential. Like you know that there's that like you said there. Yeah, like there's like, like if he like just he he has the potential to be like really good. Yeah, it just that's, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no question. But, but if he's really good, and Indiana's only getting him for one year, so I, I guess right. we'll just see <laughs> right. well, how Indiana, that works. Indiana should be ready to compete again. So one year at the Hoosiers are, should are, should be okay. Their, their roster is looking a little shaky right now. They they need to get they, some other guys because they missed out on a few top targets, and they they need to get some more guys to wear. Um, but but see, Iowa it's only got, April. See, is what I'm saying. It's only April. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they don't have unlimited time now so yeah guys you guys are flying up the board they need to get some people which which i'm sure they will but i hope um but iowa acquired ben cricky from valpo um this is a decent pickup i definitely have some questions about his defensive abilities his athleticism but he he, he is a very skilled big so I mean that's just all I really have to say on this. Might be have might have a I mean he was he was having a tough time on defense at Valpo, so <laughs> that might be a little issue there. But he's also so good in offense. So I mean, yeah, he was good for twenty. He was good for twenty nightly. So hard to pass that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one. Minnesota got Jack Wilson, who played like. Uh, he scored like four points at Washington State. Let me let me pull up what he what his height and weight are. It's something crazy. It he he was listed at six eleven three twenty five. He he played more football games at Washington State than he played basketball games. Like th- this is quite the pickup of the transfer portal. I'm not sure what Ben Johnson was thinking going with him. Like. 
I mean, he's a big body, but he wasn't even in the rotation at Washington State. Like, what are we doing here, Ben Johnson? Like, <laughs> but he he is like he is huge. Like he is like seven foot and like he's like three twenty five, but he is like three twenty five and built. Like he's not just like fat. Like he he is muscular, but I don't know that basketball ability is all there. So, do you have any thoughts about this one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he also played basketball at Idaho yeah, as a Oregon redshirt State. freshman. He was he, I, he, I think he committed to Oregon State first. Yeah, yeah, Oregon State is true freshman year. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but he, then, he, 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 yeah, he withdrew. He withdrew from Oregon State and transferred right to Idaho. Yeah. Then he transferred to Washington State to play football for like two years. As a, as a walk on, walked on to play football. And, yeah, as an offensive line. They list him as an offensive lineman most recently, uh, but he, it looks like his football appearances came mostly on special teams. Okay, played mostly on the PAT and field goal units. Came in at left tackle late, late in one win for Wazoo. Uh, right tackle on another win late in the game. So, and he he just left. He had to leave the football like active roster in order to, prior to Washington State's bowl game to play basketball. So like clearly like. Basketball, being able to do both, certainly continue to be a priority. But football, like you talk about his weight, football listed him at three thirty eight. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that, that's that's that, that's that, that's not necessarily crazy for football, but it's I mean no, it's still it is really. But for it's, basketball, it's crazy. For, for basketball, <laughs> and he's also like seven feet tall. So I mean that's yeah. I mean no, he'll clearly we. I, I don't want to sound like I'm like poking fun at Jack Wilson. Like he. He is a special kind of athlete to be played two Division One sports at simultaneously at this stature. Like it's just a matter. Of, it's just a matter of okay, what what's Minnesota's plan for him? Like what's I'm curious to see how this is actually. I, I don't know why they. I don't know why they took him. Like I mean, like maybe maybe a mid major takes like a flyer on him because of his size, but like just just get someone better. Like no offense to Jack Wilson, but he has done nothing in college basketball. Like. I mean, I know big men are like really in demand, but like you think you can get someone to actually produce somewhere. But I mean, <laughs> if if they're yeah. able to develop him, like if they're able to get him some skill, it could be scary. But I I wouldn't. I want I want to see him happening. guard Edie. I want to see him guard Edie. Dawson, what do you say? That's I I I want to see that. <laughs> okay. Um. Nebraska got a few guys and Bryce Williams and Rink Mast. Um, William Williams is good. He's a real good efficiency guy. Mast is also a very solid, skilled forward that played at Bradley. Um, I I think these are good pickups. I I really am not a Williams. I think he's like a really good pickup and is gonna be underrated. Like he's like a six seven guard. Can shoot the ball pretty well. It's like super efficient on both sides, eh, on offense especially. Defense is a little questionable, but he he's a really efficient player. So I I really like his pickup. Mass is also like uh, he was really good at Bradley. He was their best player on a good Bradley team. High major athleticism is a little bit of a question for Mass, but I don't think it'll be like a huge issue. Um, a- any thoughts on these two? Yeah, I mean my thoughts on these two. Um, I, you summarize you summarize them exactly as I would for the most part. I would just add that this is big for Nebraska to have two guys you have reason to be pretty happy about, uh, despite 
Nebraska missing out on Salas, right? Like Hunter Salas, he's from Omaha. They didn't, they they weren't able to get him uh, from Gonzaga, but Nebraska makes, I'd say, the most of uh, these other situations in the portal. So yeah, that I, I it's a good, it's not right to call them like a bounce back from not getting Salas, but no, this is a good, it, it's like yeah. taking that in consideration, like Nebraska still did, still did uh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State got Dale Bonner. He is a solid backup point guard. That's like Galder is like he he is a he is a very serviceable backup point guard, and that's that's kind of what he is. So not nothing really to say on him. Um, Penn State got a few guys, uh, two from VCU and Ace Baldwin and Nick Kern. They also got Zach Hicks from Temple. Um, Baldwin is really good. And it, it was huge that he followed Rhodes. Um, Kern is just like kind of taking a shot on him. He was decent at VCU. He's he's a solid take. Like you take him, especially following the coach. And Hicks is a guy that I like. Like he he was kind of down this year at Temple, but like he can he can shoot it. He's like a three and D wing. If if he's playing like up to his potential, he'll be really good. Um, any any thoughts about these guys? Um, you're probably really familiar with Baldwin. Kind of, kind of being an A ten country. Like, I mean, he was A ten player yeah. of the year. Right, right, yeah, and and it, that's that's true. But then also Hicks, uh, he's from Canada, New Jersey. That's not that's not far from me. Temple, of course, right there. Yeah, three and D fits the mold. Um, taking a peek at, I mean, field goal percentages. You'd like to see Hicks field goal percentage find a way back north of thirty five percent. Yeah, uh, it was. It, he struggled, but like I think in theory, like if Hicks like um does what he is capable of then like he will be really good yep yep i'm with you um let's see who do we have to talk about here noah fernandes to Rutgers. um and i th- I think this is a solid pickup um another one that's kind of up in your area um i, I do have a little concerns about his defense he's a smaller guard not necessarily a Rutgers has been doing the past few years. Mulcahy was like a bigger stature. Um, but Fernandes, Fernandes is really good in offense. Like he can shoot, he can pass. Just have those defensive concerns, especially with Rutgers being a big defensive-minded program. But yeah, I, I think this is a good pickup in general. I think he's a solid uh, guard. Yeah, yeah. Fernandes, he benefits from his improvement in three-point shooting prior to getting into the Big Ten here. I mean, he in 21-22, he shot 36% from three. That jumped to 45.2%. You know, this also also a little bit less of a sample size this year with fewer yeah. games played. But yeah, yeah. But he didn't take as many yeah. shots, but he, he did better. He was better off in terms of efficiency in the shots he was able to take those yes, games played. Yes, so, yes. like, I, I just want to see, like, that, okay, like, whatever, like, in terms of the three-point shooting – mechanics or or whatever tweak tweak could have been made to see that improve like sure we want to see it sustain and spread out over the what hopefully is a longer healthy run at Rutgers but that that's just something where okay maybe you okay you see 511 but if you see three point improvement continue that that helps you kind of take that pill too yes moving on to the big 12 Baylor another VCU transfer here and Jaden Nunn I think this is a solid pickup um he definitely brings some stuff defensive and he's kind of like a prospect in that uh sort of way. Like he's not he didn't put up crazy stats at VCU, but like 
I know some NBA guys sort of like him. I don't know if he's really an NBA player, but he's uh, he, he's a high major player with athleticism. And one story I will definitely be following here is he was committed to Iowa State uh, when Steve Prome was there. Then they then they fired Prome, but then um, Oz just like never called none. So none, none just decommitted. Like he, he didn't want to like decommit, but like <laughs> Oz just didn't care about him at all. And now they will be in the same conference. So it will be interesting to see the Baylor yeah. Iowa State matchups. Yeah, Baylor yeah. Iowa State. One more reason to tune in. <laughs> yeah, like like he he can shoot the ball decently well. Didn't take a ton of threes, but was pretty efficient when he did. Um, yeah, I I think this is this is a solid pickup. Uh, Baylor probably needs more, but it's a solid place to start. BYU got Ali Khalifa, who did this is a good one. This is a good pickup. He can really pass the ball for a big man. Can really score the ball. Shoot, he can shoot the ball like he's just like a very skilled center. Um, and it will be a big pickup going into the Big Twelve era. Yeah, so. yeah, that's I love putting it in the context of realignment. And so for BYU, as it begins that Big Twelve run, yeah, the, having a six eleven score facilitator is yeah, it's going to be clutch, clutch addition for the Cougars. I think. Yes. Cincinnati, uh, they also got a big man in Jameel Reynolds, and Jameel Reynolds is like a, a huge body inside, and he was pretty solid at Temple this past season. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can take him; like he'll give you some solid production inside. And they also got—I did not write this down, but they did get C.J. Frederick yesterday as well who was the, uh, he, th- in theory, can shoot. Did not shoot great at Kentucky, but was a really good shooter at Iowa. So, I mean, uh, do you have any thoughts about those two guys? Yeah, I mean, Jameel Reynolds, um, he played in 22 games this recently completed season uh, and shot just over 60% in those games. And it, it yeah. I think, actually, like, it works out nicely that we had Khalifa, BYU, and Reynolds, Cincinnati in that order and going to the Big 12 because that similar thoughts and reactions in terms of the effect that each can have, right? Like it, each school's on its way into the Big 12 and each, each is a big who's going to be like mm-hmm. you. De- definitely very different you, players. Yeah, uh, they're not, they, they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to play the game the same way and they haven't and they no, don't. But no. I'm saying that they're, they're like, they're going to be helpful for similar reasons yes, for programs yes. that are both on the way in. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Houston, another school going in, although they are definitely in, a, they've always been in a position to succeed under Kelvin Sampson, but they picked up a few guys in Damian Dunn and LJ Cryer. Um, I really like Cryer. Cryer was like pretty good at Baylor. Um, Dunn was decent at Temple, and um, there's definitely some question marks with him. I believe he was not the most efficient shooter and had some turnover issues if i recall um yeah but i i think he's i think he's still like pretty good and when you're under kelvin sampson he'll be better so th- thoughts on those two 
You mean how about Temple? Temple's just with the coaching after the coaching change there. Every 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 yes. uh, Temple out or not? Not so that's an big one. To talk about later as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very very busy in terms of the Owls who've been uh, available, and it is this Dunn is Dunn's a good one. I mean, he he. I think he'll his assist. I mean, he already had three assists the game this recently completed season. I mean, am I? I don't feel like it's overly bold to say he'll see assists go up. Like I. Too like at Houston where he he's going to be part of more options. And like it's going to be a pretty pretty. I know the roster's turning over a little bit, but it still should be pretty competitive for playing time at guard spot. Yeah, so I just yeah, think, I, yeah, yeah. He'll 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 as far as his numbers look, his numbers are going to look even a bit better. I think by the time he gets his feet under him at Houston. Yeah, Dunn Dunn is a guy that can like another guy that just like will not have any issues competing athletically. Um, but Iowa State got a few guys in Jackson Pavletsky, uh, Kishan Gilbert, and Curtis Jones. I think these are all solid players. The only issue that I have is, like, these guys are all, like, too similar. Like, they're all kind of the same player, not exactly, but, like, they're all, they all kind of play the same position. And Iowa State has Taman Lipsy, who's going to be the starting point guard. So, just, I like, these guys are all good players. They're just kind of the same almost you get what i'm saying with that yeah i mean that so i do understand what you're saying and that can be okay so that argument can go one of two ways it can be kind of to a negative that you're alluding to which can be certainly be accurate or it I can mean, be it's not like this, a negative necessarily well, can, just like, well i think that, i think it can be a negative to a point of pause i mean like okay you don't want to saturate with a certain type of player but okay maybe it's also depth right it's like yeah. it's it's you, when you can go deep like oh we can go deep no, in that, this that's definitely an advantage of yeah uh, doing this but yep but these guys are all solid players by themselves. Pavletsky was a good scorer as a freshman at Wofford. Um, Gilbert Jones, uh, solid players as well. No- nothing crazy from these guys. Like these are all just like solid pickups. So I yeah. Kansas, uh, I'll I'll let you lead this one. They got Nick Timberlake from Towson. Nick Timberlake from Towson, he's a sharpshooter. He's able to uh, take over games uh, with his, I mean, mid- mid-range to an extent, but also especially outside shooting. Uh, you, I would have thought Timberlake found a way to average 20 points this past season, but he was ultimately sitting at 17.7 a game. Uh, he's, I would expect him personally to be a player who's pretty well motivated. Uh, he was part of a Towson team that had a lot, a ton of high expectations resting on its shoulders as a really trendy, like almost... Not a consensus pick to win the CAA, but Towson was like a pretty strong preseason number one in the CAA, and it didn't pan out that way uh, for Towson with the ascension of Charleston and a couple other teams getting in Towson's way in the upper half of the CAA. So I I, I go on that you know, anecdote just to say Timberlake's had a steady rise in his scoring uh, the past three seasons, beginning with the uh, the COVID term in 2020, uh, and he seems all signs headed to UConn. You and I talking off the air, all signs looked like maybe he was going to wind up at UConn. And, but when you get that last OV, when you get the last word for his official visit, uh, that can be a big advantage. Kansas got that final word, got that final say. And I'm really looking forward to see him under Bill Self. Like I, I Timberlake, he um has, a he's, I say he's, he's going to be a motivated player. He, He's going to be somebody who he's not going to be afraid to uh, jaw back and forth. I think a little bit, maybe with big 12 guys, um, they might, they might, they might look to be welcome to welcome him to the conference or, or not so welcome him to the conference. And he, uh, he's not going to back down from, uh, 
from doubters. So I and I, I, I don't want to like mean to say I'm uh, you know his PR rep is going to say no, nah, he's for sure going to set the world on fire. But um, yeah, I I needless to say I'm very interested in this because uh, yeah, he's 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 been known to be uh, he's backed up his he's backed up his talk too. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how he how he folds into Kansas. Yeah, he he can really score. Like he's just a, so good in offense. Defensively, you there's some issues there. He was probably a below average CA defensive player, which is not ideal. But like you're taking him because he's so good in offense, and this is this is a good pickup. He was one of the top guys in the portal. Like the schools that won him were um, Kansas, UConn, and North Carolina. So he was pretty popular in the portal. But Oklahoma got some guys in John Hughley, Javian McCollum, and Rivaldo Soares. Um, Hughley is probably the most intriguing one here. He did not play this year outside of a few games where he wasn't early himself, but he, he was good at Pitt like two years ago when he was like kind of their main guy. He's a big forward. Um, yeah, I think this is a really good pickup. Um, McCollum is also pretty solid. He's, I don't, I don't love him, but he is, he's a solid picker. He was Sienna's, he he was good for a Sienna team that was at, at the, towards the beginning of the season, they uh outpaced some expectations and he was a big reason for that. I think he actually got hurt a little down the stretch, which did not help Sienna, but it, it's a solid pickup. And then Soares was like kind of a bench player at Oregon. Like he's, he's a high major bench player and he's still a high major bench player likely. So pretty solid portal acquisitions. Any huge thoughts about these guys? So Javion McCollum from Sienna, I got a chance to see him. Sienna played at Delaware on December 11th of 22. That was late. last winter, last winter. Yeah, I'm not losing. I'm totally losing it yet. And McCollum was, uh, he was held to nine points that evening in 37 minutes. He, he, he had four assists though. So, I mean, yeah, he, he finds ways to affect games in multiple ways. And uh, yeah, I think probably he still has his best to come on the way. Like I, I didn't, I kind of lost track of him a little bit, honestly, at Siena following that matchup. And he was probably like one of the big guys we had circled for our broadcast that night in Newark, uh, and we were discussing him a fair bit. And seeing him, at, I'm now I'm going to be kind of interested to track him at Oklahoma because he comes in with just about 16 points a game on his resume, almost four assists per game. Like he, he's doing it both ways. He's a he's good court vision to go with his uh, putting the ball in the bucket himself. So I think that I will be curious to see how he fits into Oklahoma uh, as it wraps up its time in the Big Twelve. Yes, uh, Oklahoma State got East Carolina transfer Javon Small. This is another just like solid pickup. He put up some big numbers in East Carolina, but East Carolina was not that great. But it was still a higher level of competition than a normal mid-major would be. So, yeah, I, this is a solid pickup. Um, he is a very solid point guard in terms of passing the ball. Average five point six assists per game, so yeah, I I think it's just a solid pickup. Any any thoughts on small? No, that that covers it for me. That yeah, that 
I mean, step yeah. it deep. <laughs> yeah, assist rate in the top 20 nationally. So that's definitely, you're getting him to be like a, almost a pass first point guard. And hopefully he uh, kind of takes a backseat in terms of scoring, uh, depending on who Oklahoma State actually ends up having surrounding him. But moving on uh, to TCU, who obviously you're very familiar with, Jameer Nelson. So, so what are, what is TCU getting out of him? So Jameer Nelson Jr., as he gets down to Fort Worth, they're getting a guy who's coming off a season in which he took a big step forward running point for Delaware. He became a much more guy who's bringing the ball up the floor, is running the offense, is you know in command. Uh, it's just, of course, as, as a result of that, handles the ball a lot more. He's shooting from the pull-up, like shooting off the dribble a lot more. Um, and he really saw, he, he really did just pick it up. He picked up, he got used to that role of point guard pretty quickly. And he was relied heavily upon by Delaware because he was the t- at the top. He was, he was the top guard in a, on a team that really didn't have a lot of depth past the starting five, or really it's top four players in the starting five. There wasn't a lot in the way of depth. Uh, one of the top guards who played next to um, Nelson was LJ Owens, who transferred in from UMBC. Owens was hurt for a stretch of the year. Nelson battled an injury at one point in the season, but all that, despite all of that, uh, you know, injury in and out of the Delaware lineup, Nelson, for the aside from his own injury, was a mainstay and was a really productive player. Um, so TCU gets him now at a point where he's far along in his career, where he scored at George Washington. He's been a scorer at Delaware, but now he's also been a point guard and, and master of an offense at Delaware. So. Now that he's on his way to TCU, I think TCU is getting a guy who's seen a lot of, who's been asked to do different things. Like he's certainly his his level of expectation went up a notch at UD after that CA championship run. He was he was part of that championship team at Delaware the season before last. Now and this most recently completed season, he really put a lot. He carried a lot of weight for Delaware on offense. Yeah, so how how do you think he translates up to high major in Big Twelve? Yeah, he 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 probably he he could have found his way into the floor at a high major when he was first leaving George Washington because it was always there. I think it was always with him. Like now, there was more tape and video to kind of justify high majors offering him as he was getting set to graduate transfer from Delaware. He's on pace to graduate. Yeah, he'll graduate uh, in to order to get down to TCU for this summer. And um, yeah, he 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 probably was ready then. Honestly, I think when he was coming out of George Washington, but it might've taken more time. Like he might've been a, off the bench, not getting as many minutes, but now he, I think he can be now you, you can let me know if I'm being too great generous in terms of where he can plop into the roster this second, based on what, what's the framework is returning at TCU. But I think it'd be, it'd be silly not to say he can't project as a starter. Like I really, I, 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 I think, I think he definitely can. Yeah. And moving on to the rest of the pickups, like I think he fits well with Avery Anderson, who's the Oklahoma state transfer that he got. He was he was arguably their best player at times, so that definitely is a good pickup. They also got Sam Mustafa. He's just he's just a huge guy in the middle, can really rebound the ball. And then they got Trey Tennyson from Texas and Corpus Christi. Should be a very solid bench guard for a team that has had some good depth the past few years. Um, Texas Tech got Chance McMillan and Darian Williams. Uh, McMillan was a very solid guard at Grand Canyon. Just uh, let me pull up his stats here. Um, but yeah, he averaged like 10, 11 a game, three rebounds, two assists, really shot the ball well from three. 
yeah, that that's uh, probably his best part of the game. Shot forty four percent on like four attempts a game. So that that's definitely what they're gonna look to get out of him. Some shooting. Also, it was just like Grand Canyon's been pretty good team, so definitely a solid pickup. Williams, I really like. Kind of does everything for a big man. Uh, was the Mountain West freshman year from Nevada, so that that's that's a good pickup. Um, any thoughts about these two? Yeah, would you do at the very end there? You said it with Williams uh, as he enters Texas Tech. Uh, certainly, the awards, the act, the resume there suggests uh, more to come. Uh, I just, I this, and again, this is getting out of order briefly. Working back to TCU and Mostafa, real briefly. I mean, Mostafa, his rebounding, ten rebounds even per game, was top fifteen nationally. Like he, he is going to vacuum up boards and get Javier Nelson Jr. like second chance opportunities, which is, and I'm not just not just Nelson, but I say that in that like he that comp that. Think about the transfers together. That that fits as well. I mean, you talk about a guy who's going to score himself, but also create opportunities for others on the glass. Yeah, both sides of the glass. He's a good offensive rebounder yeah. and a good defensive rebounder. We will see if that translates to the Big Twelve. Um, <laughs> Sun Belt in the Big Twelve, not quite the, <laughs> not like, quite the same. But like he, he's, he still he still is yeah. a huge like he's he's six nine two fifty. Which when we talked about Jack Wilson a few minutes ago, that might not be a. Uh, so huge but he he is and, and yeah size size counts rebounding and rebounding rebounding is an attitude is the like the true cliche goes right so like I, rebounding that attitude he's not gonna i don't think mosafa is suddenly going to slip from to anything below six rebounds a game or six or seven rebounds a game at uh at a tcu but that's just working right. me that's just me working backwards real briefly we can get back on track all right <laughs> we have a recent commitment to uh hit on puff johnson committed to penn state like just like just now. So what do we think about this one? I think that this is a good pickup. I think that like, I yeah, I think I think it's a good pickup. If uh, yeah, I, I know they were really going after him. I'm sure he visited and committed. It's a good pickup for Mike Rhodes. He's a solid wing. He was had his bright spots in North Carolina. Also, was not really as consistent of a producer as you'd like. But he's definitely still a high major player, and I think this is a good pickup. Any any short live reactions on Puff to yep. Penn State? Good timing, good timing. You're able to bring that, bring this up right across our our desk right now. Good win, good win for uh for Mike for Mike Rhodes. Good for him. Do uh, and, I, and so that's what I'm talking about. And yeah, I, I'm not gonna disagree with your take on that particular move. But what I'm just saying is like, hey, like this is what I'm saying when. I mentioned there's time. Like I know there's not endless time, but like the the and and there are more and more guys who are coming off the off the board, but especially for guys who were hired a couple few weeks ago, like this is right about this time of year. As you get closer to May, you see you see them make their first inroads and successes in the portal. Yeah, one of the real winners of the portal, West Virginia. Yep. They have got Jesse yeah. Edwards. They got uh Raekwon Battle like right before we started podcasting an hour or two. And they also got Kirk Risa, who is he is quite the player, uh quite the uh the person. Um but yeah, Jesse Edwards can really he's he's a great like true big. He can really rebound the ball, can really block shots. So that's a really good pickup. Um Battle can like really create shots. He was at Montana State the past few years. Definitely a good pickup with him. And then you have Krisa, who there everyone has their opinions on him. I don't know how good he really is personally, but like 
he's just if Bob Huggins, Bob Huggins, if he, Bob Huggins can get him under control like he did to Eric Stevenson somewhat, I think that's it'll work out. So, like, any any thoughts about this transfer class? Yeah, yeah I, I naturally I would have the most to say about Edwards. Uh, when I was in my time in uh in in the dome in the Carrier Dome at that time, Jesse Edwards was a big name, but he was excellent this most recently completed season. I mean, he was really really strong. Um, is average double average a double double uh, put together over an assist and a half per game as well. Like he he is going to be. When I saw that West Virginia picked him up, I I I was that was. That, that was, was one of my huge. Biggest, yeah, my biggest takeaways from this portal offseason because that will be a game changer for how West Virginia can try to uh, fight. Because you can be a really, really good team and still wind up in the bottom quarter of the Big 12. Like we say it every time. So, like, West, this is West Virginia. This is West Virginia stocking up to, to, not, to not have that feat. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll move on to the Pac 12, who Arizona State has picked up Kamari Lynch, Adam Miller, Zane Mason, Sean Phillips. And really, Arizona State's just taking, like, chances on all these players. Like, they're just hoping these guys are good. Like, Adam Miller was terrible at LSU, but he was, he, he was good at Illinois. Uh, at least better than he was at LSU. He was bad at LSU. Lands played at Louisville, so, like, nothing from Louisville last year was good, but, like, he has a potential. Phillips played at LSU, didn't really play that much. Meeks has played at San Francisco. Meeks, Meeks is probably the most proven out of these players because he can like he he's a stretch stretch four stretch stretch big. He can shoot the ball, uh, not great on the interior considering his size, but he's a solid rebounder as well. So any any quick thoughts about this? We should probably get rolling a little bit. We've yeah, gone yeah, we'll, gone we'll, pretty far in time so far. So well, yeah, we'll pick up the tempo. We're we'll be we'll be on our our, our time crunch here later in, in this show, but I. Yeah, Kamari. So okay, I agree with you about the, the most proven player, Kamari Lands. I like this move for him. Like I know ASU is taking a chance, but like for anybody who was in the portal out of Louisville, like finding another P five, getting a fresh start. Like I like that because it, mm-hmm. it had to be hard to go through at Louisville this past season. So I I look forward to seeing Lands in a different uniform. Yes, Cal Cal has made some splashes with hiring of Mark Madsen, and then they got Fardaz Amac and Jalen Cohn. These are both solid players. Um. I mean, they're both power six proven players with AMAC at Texas Tech. Cone was Cone was good at Virginia Tech. Like he kind of went to NIU to become like the option, but like he can he can shoot the ball. He's proven that he can do it at a high major. And I saw they had Jalen Tyson on a visit the other day. If they can secure him as well, that would be huge for Cal. But Madsen is building this program in the right direction. They will be good in some time. If Matt like which he might not. I like it for opens up. I do like it for AMAC though. Yes. You know, getting that, getting that reunion, reunion back with the West Coast, all of the above. Mm-hmm. So that that he, he's a he's a hoop scoop interview alum. So I had to had yes. to had to had to, had to touch on him mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Yes. Reunited with Matson. Um Eddie Lampkin to Colorado. This is a solid pickup. Um Lampkin was slightly disappointing this year. But whenever you can get like a big that has been proven at the high major level and on like a tournament team, then I guess you probably take him. Colorado has had some buzz because they've definitely had some top twenty-five buzz. That's mainly because their roster is more set than most. But yeah, I, I think this is a good pickup. 
yeah, there aren't that many big men who come from the, an NCAA turning team pedigree, to your point. Like, they're, they're, they're not grown on trees every offseason. So this, yeah, this, this along with the Edwards thing, I know it's not the same stature of move. Like, Edwards was an even bigger deal. But, like, th- this move, similarly to that, was one that I had. A, I had it, you, you, you keep good tabs on the portal, and I, I, I do my best on the basketball side, too. This, this is one of those I also <laughs> had pretty – I had circled for uh, for Colorado. Yep, Oregon has picked up Devin Cambridge and Cario Oquendo. Um, Cambridge was Cambridge was pretty good this year at uh, Arizona State. He can really jump, like he can really jump out of gym athleticism. Skill wise, it got better this year than it had been at Auburn. Um, actually, the thought was that he was going to return to Auburn, but kind of uh, surprisingly committed to Oregon. Um, and then you have Oquendo, who can. He was good two years ago. He could, like, really score the ball. This year, Georgia actually got some other guys that were somewhat competent, so he kind of took a back seat in a sense. Not a back seat, but he he just wasn't, like, handling the ball and, like, shooting every possession as much. So, yeah, but these, these are two solid pickups. Nothing, like, crazy about either of these guys, but nothing, like, bad about either of these guys either. Truth. And he, yep, and good and good to have that context about Aquendo. Like we talk about looking at the the resumes of guys over several years, you know, multiple years in their previous college stop, and like they, so much of it is really about like who was around them, right? Like what were they even asked to do? Like how did they fit into the greater puzzle? So yeah, Aquendo. My biggest thing for him is he's uh, originally from Florida, played at Georgia. Now now look at him over all the way over to Oregon. Oregon yeah. Oregon continues to have pull. Like that, that's Oregon. about as far away. As- from Georgia as you can get. Yeah. So it'll be, <laughs> but it'll be a uh, very, very new. Yep. Yeah. Stanford got Jared Bynum, who I don't like love Bynum personally, but at the same time, like Stanford, like you take any transfer you can take because like, it's really hard to get transfers in. So like when you get someone like Bynum, like you take him <laughs> because yeah, it's, it's, uh, they're not a program that gets transfers like at yeah, all. Yeah, we we I I mentioned it earlier. Tra- part of transferring, you gotta get kids into school, right? And like Stanford, you know, Stanford, like like they taking... can hardly take transfers. They took Mike Jones last year, and that was like their first transfer in like forever. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's um yeah, you can't you're not taking just anybody into Stanford. So um a Big East, a, a experienced player who 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 wasn't double figures. Yeah, I mean it's you. That's gonna be one of the. That's going to be somebody you're going to be prepared and willing to take, happy to take. Yep, solid pickup. Um, UCLA got Lazar Stefanovic. Um, he he is a solid bench scorer shooter. Maybe a little shooting high going to UCLA from Utah, but like he's he's a solid. He can he can score the ball a little. He can shoot the ball decent. So I, I don't hate this pickup. Uh, I think for, it could be. I think he could player. be a sleeper, Austin. To be honest with you, like yeah, clearly, clearly, because I mean, I, I just, it just he he I definitely has like... a pretty uh wide range of skill set. He can also pass the ball decently, average like three assists a game this year. Yeah, I I could picture him with better talent around him at UCLA. I I honestly could picture him picking it up. But you you have that look like you're seeing another. Yeah. No, finish. we just got Ray J Dennis from Toledo just entered the transfer portal. This is like just happened now. He he Whoa. is good. He he is good. Let, let me pull up his stats real quick because I think he was Mac Player of the Year. This is a big one that we're reacting to live. So this is a big deal. Everyone that's listening to this later already knows about this, but he was a Mac Player of the Year. Nineteen point six points, four point three rebounds, 
five point eight assists. He he is good. That that's a big one. You know, there's Big Ten schools who we said needed needed another bot needs another yeah, guy. Illinois could use a point guard. Yeah, this 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 is what that's what I'm thinking of. I, I've I, heard I, Illinois fans like so, I've heard some like talk about this, but I didn't know if he was actually going to transfer. But now that he might like, this is big. He also entered the draft, and I don't know if he's going to stay. Like he's he's kind of um, open to all options. Yeah, for, former uh, Boise State transfer as well, but. Yeah, what were we talking about? Yeah, Stefanovic. <laughs> I, I was yeah. making an argument. I was making an argument that Lazar Stefanovic is going to be the guy who we look back on. As, he was a sleeper when he first yeah. comes in here I to lot to UCLA. I think I think it's going to I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to do well for UCLA. I do. Yep. Uh, Utah got a few in conference guys and Lawson Levering and Cole Bajima. These are two solid pickups. I think Craig Smith is pretty good job at getting the best out of his players. So. You know, like I don't have any like crazy thoughts about these, but like these are both solid players. And anything. Um, Washington picked up Moses Wood and Anthony Holland. Holland's kind of whatever, but Wood Wood is solid. Wood can score the ball. He can shoot the ball. Um, yeah. So, any any thoughts about Wood specifically? Well, especially since you called the other transfer, whatever. I guess I, I guess I, guess well, I, I mean, let's see. Let me pull up Holland's stats. Like, he averaged six point eight points at Fresno State. So, like, Fresno yeah, State wasn't that good. Like, if he, if he can be like a good, like, tenth man, and like, but, 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 but I think it could be a little better than tenth. One man. thing. It depends who they have, but one yeah. thing about Fresno State, which. In the Washington connection, which will be a different situation, but Washington took Braxton Mia last year, who like rode the bench at Fresno State, eight point one minutes per game. He was like really good at Washington, like he was <laughs> Pac twelve all defense, played almost thirty minutes a game, like he he was good at Washington. So so maybe they're just t- maybe they're taking a little gamble on the Fresno yeah. State transfer that doesn't that shouldn't be as good like everyone was calling me like a bad pickup for washington which Mm -hmm. it might have been the point but like they they hit it with that one so yeah maybe there's something to it maybe there's something to it yeah moses wood though moses wood though i'll 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 look at moses wood uh, for a moment here is yeah he 15 a game at portland one of portland's top ops probably the top option um yeah i mean i think Three point percentage even has a chance to return back to a little bit closer to its previous season high with 44.2% average from three in 21 22. This most recently completed season returned back closer to 40% uh, from three with similar games played. So, like, I, I think he'll, uh, he's going to get, he's probably going to average in the mid teens, or even if he doesn't, doesn't get back to that same level of three point shooting. Like, he'll, he'll, He's gonna be trading one shade of purple for another at Washington. I think. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll. I think he'll pan out. I mean, he's he's a six eight forward, so I think he's like somebody you could play. Like, I'm not sure where Washington's gonna to want to play him. Maybe Austin, you might be able to better project like the, how they like want the to three. maybe put him on the floor. Uh, probably a three next to like Keon Brooks, and yeah, like he's better than Cole Bajima, who we just talked about. So like he's just kind of taking that role and probably an upgrade. So. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Jalen Wells, the D2 guy from uh, Sonoma State to Washington State, 
and maybe high major is a little high level for him, but he he can score. He has good size and he can score the ball. So like, I think he averaged like twenty two, if I'm correct, at the D two level. That's that's um, on a state. Yes. It looks like ESPN if they have 22 23 stats for him at 19 and a half points a game but they might not Yeah, be but they only well, ESPN against, doesn't actually have right. D2 stats. It's had the division stats 1 games he played. But who, against who, division who, 1 Who did he play against? Who did he play so, against? He so yeah, so the reason they get they had the average for him is because they're they're counting his stats against division 1 opponents last season and he dropped 30 on Cal Baptist as it turns out actually. So that's where the majority of that average comes from. 30 so points against Cal Baptist notable. in 29 minutes. So that that Notable outcome, and he was eighty percent from three in that game, which was which was great. Um, against San Diego, uh, he had nine points in that one as well. Um, but yeah, J- Jalen Wells, I love to see it. It's about time we got to just show some love to the Sonoma State Sea Wolves, <laughs> and into a D two portal. I mean, talk about D two all the way up to the P the P six. Like, and I know you touched from maybe that's going to be a point of positive concern, but like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know the places he visited were UIC and Washington State. So like, maybe they're t- he's shooting a little high with Washington State, but like, yeah, I don't know. There's just, I mean, there's just we're talking about a guy who was all American at at the D two level. So like, he was. Um. So he 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 can score the ball. He can really score the ball. It's just it, like Sonoma State like wasn't like that good of a program. Um. Uh, one one thing that I need to react on live is Xavier Johnson has been granted an extra year of eligibility. That that was one thing I was really worried that would not happen, but that is another live reaction news. He played in eleven games this year. The limit's usually ten, but they they gave it to him. So Indiana will have him on their team next year. That is big for Indiana. See, but, Indiana. I was talking about him earlier. I was like, "Don't, don't, yeah, don't, well, don't panic too much about Indiana. Indiana <laughs> might be able to yeah. put together again." Of course, I was talking about. Yeah, I was gassing up Indiana for a tournament run, and then yeah, what what happens? So maybe I'll learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, they will have him. So SEC uh, Alabama. They do not have Jaquan Walton coming in because he got arrested another day, which is not ideal considering what happened last year with that Alabama program. I know a lot of people are kind of like blaming Oates. Like, I don't know if that's really the way to go with this. I don't know that Oates had anything to do with Wallen getting arrested, but it's it's still not a great look for Alabama. Like, but, I mean, taking taking him out of the equation, I know you will have something to say on Aaron Estrada. So, so, so yeah. let's hear it. Estrada coming again from Hofstra. Estrada... Now, this is going to sound initially like there's way too narrow of an anecdote or like an example. But Estrada, when he did play Delaware, was unconscious every time he shot the ball in Newark. Like I, every time I've watched Aaron Estrada in person, he's been lethal from through jump shooting. So that that's where my that's where my firsthand bias will come in a little bit in, in his favor, my bias in his favor. But he 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 can take he he is going to take over one of these games he plays for Alabama. Like he, he'll take over one of the games scoring wise. Um, he has that kind of. That he does, he has that kind of bag. He's that kind of shooting arsenal. Uh, yeah. And Estrada, I and you can remind me of his complete interests that were reported as far as and what he I, he trimmed down his final options. In yeah, the his, to, his top high. four was his top four was Alabama, K State, Florida State, and Cincinnati. Yeah. So he he, he and he, with he a scored, ton of other high majors. 
Like yeah, he, similar to Timberlake, he was in high demand. Um, I think he's if, probably a little better in Timberlake. Yeah, I was gonna say if you can make me choose one, I honestly would probably rather have Aaron Estrada. So that that's really about half compliment I can give because we've already spoken highly of Timberlake. So yeah, Estrada is Timberlake is good though. Like I yeah, no, like, it's not a slight of Timberlake at all. These are two players who were you know yeah. trading you know yeah. top top spots in the CEA in different ways over the, over time. So yeah, this this Aaron Estrada yeah. moved Alabama is uh, two two time conference or. Er, colonial player of the year so mm-hmm. that's like yeah. he he's definitely had a quite interesting career path was uh st peter's a freshman like oh he was pretty good transferred up transferred to oregon wasn't good enough at oregon so transferred back down to hofstra won two ca player of the year awards and he is really good and he he i think this will i think he'll actually be good at the major level now they also got latrell Wrightsell jr which was another nebraska whiff on a kid from nebraska he was first team in the big west can can really score the ball um so yeah an- another good pickup will probably be like the sixth man with sears and estrada running the starting guards having rights coming off the bench but yeah i did they, they also have some spots to fill with some other players alabama but moving on to arkansas who must loves his transfers and he took five of them Keon Manyfield, Tremont Mark, Cleef Battle, L. Ellis, and Jeremiah Davenport. And I really, I really don't love this transfer class. Like, did you like this? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm always going to be behind L. Ellis, one of the top Hoop Scoop Media interview he, alums. You did interview him, but I just. I just don't like anything that came from Louisville last year. Yeah, no, I, I have to get serious. I have to. We we we've had the privilege of interviewing a lot of people, so I, I I'm I'm kidding a little bit. We got to be objective <laughs> to everybody, anybody and everybody, regardless of their interview status with us. But I, yeah, it's yeah, I. But see, I'm, I it's a balancing act with all the Louisville transfers. Like, I, yes, it was at some point the players themselves were responsible for like how they how the season went, right? But like that I think that it's going to be good for at least in Ellis's case to be able to kind of rehab his college career at Arkansas where clearly Musselman has some I I think Ellis is best as like a six man like high major six and that, man and that and that can he yeah. can live that life at Arkansas yeah but like yeah overall like I just think everyone they picked up in a transfer class is like is like everyone like wants to score like I feel like there's not enough like smart pickups. It's like too many guys that, like always want to ball in their hands. Like Cleef Battle, yeah. like I I know you're pretty familiar with him playing at Temple. Like he's a guy like he's a scorer. Like um, Manyfield Manyfield can pass the ball, but like Manyfield's also you're taking him because he can score the ball. Uh, Mark is like, I mean Mark's not really a scorer necessarily. He but like he's not the most efficient shooter. Davenport is like a shooter that can't really shoot percentage wise great, but has good frame for a shooter. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I really don't yeah. love this transfer class when you put it all together. Right. Like like these players are all like okay individually. I just think that like and they're all guards too. So yeah. like yeah. 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 So yeah, so that's that's fair. That's fair. I, I hear that. I guess my counter argument could that you can make is well at some point well they're going to be asked to compete like they're going to compete and at some point the cream of this transfer class is going to rise to the top whether it's Khalif battle or or somebody else it's true yeah, i do i mean i mean must is not gonna fool around like play <laughs> everyone just for fun like yeah if some yeah. of these guys might some of these guys will not be happy with their minutes 
and that's that's inevitable. But that I think in Arkansas is probably gonna be better for it though, right? Like yeah. whoever earns those minutes is, is gonna be is gonna be playing in, at an even higher level than they probably were playing at prior to arriving at Arkansas. And I yeah, I, I am familiar with Battle, especially out of Hillside, New Jersey, uh, a six five guard. Mm-hmm. He he's put together two straight seasons scoring in the ballpark of twenty points. I mean, he was down a bit um this past season, although he, he was last year was yeah, 21, 21 season. It was good to see him at least just play closer to 30 games, of course, because he, he didn't yeah. play much at all in those uh, games in the 21-22 season. So Battle carries in like a little bit more of a strong footing, playing more games in his uh, final year at Temple. Yep. Um, Auburn, they got Denver Jones from FIU. They also got D2 transfer Chaney Johnson from Alabama Huntsville. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched anything on Johnson like at all, so – I'm not too sure. I'll look up his stats right now, but Jones is like Jones can score. Like Jones can score the ball. It's it's a solid pickup. Um, FIU is not great, but like Den- Denver Jones is good. Like he he can play in the SEC. Um, do you have any thoughts about him? I was gonna turn. I was gonna turn things over to uh, Chancey Johnson or Chancey, not Chancey. I beg your pardon, Chaney Johnson. From yes. Alabama Huntsville, real quick. I mean, he in this past season completed at Alabama Huntsville. He started in all 35 games he played in, averaged about 16 points a game. I'm gonna check, I'm gonna check his all may have had. I know we found the All America status for the previous D2 transfer pickup we discussed. Um, I thought he was maybe he... it. Doesn't look like he was on the team. Well, that's not a prerequisite for being a transfer to Auburn. I'm not just that that they Bruce Pearl. I like to see him getting the detail. Like <laughs> he's a pretty high profile coach. He probably had plenty of uh, transfers in his uh, inbox. Mm-hmm. But I like I like you know I like to be majors underdogs. So give me yeah give me uh give me I'm going to bookmark that Cheney Johnson page. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to Florida, they they got some good big men. They got EJ Jarvis from Yale, Michael Hanglockton from Marshall, and Tyree Samuel from Seton Hall, along with Walter Clayton Jr. Walter Clayton Jr. is a really good guard from Iona. Rick Pitino. Some people thought he would go to St. John's. He ended up going to Florida. So like he, he's really good. Uh, yeah, I really like these bigs though. Like Hanglockton was like good as a freshman. Tyree Samuel is one year out of eligibility, I believe, but he was probably Seton Hall's best player last year. Um, Jarvis is like a solid player at Yale. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about this class in general? I really like this class. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a good one. And my honest my 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 joke to you was going to be, well, my question was I was about to pose to you is how does how does this class help Florida replace Niles Lane? Because clearly, without Niles Lane, I don't know I don't know how I don't know how Florida. Yeah, I, I did I did see that Delaware picked him up the other day. His offensive abilities are questionable at best, but he he can play some defense. So I mean, I I think that's what you're getting from him. Yeah, De- Delaware's had a good class. Like, uh, they got they, they the had guy no choice from but to have a big class. Albany, because, they yeah. the VMI guys decent um yeah it's a yeah, big but... reunion around jair davis there they're they're, they're jair davis is really the centerpiece of that now with noah nelson the tcu like we said davis is yeah. but i don't want to yeah. get us off topic yeah. now florida florida yeah. 
Florida, Florida is uh has retooled well. Has retooled yeah, well. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, a, I'm a really big Todd Golden fan, so I'm glad to see them getting some guys that maybe like fit his scheme more. I also really like Riley Kugel, who's their sophomore, like guard forward, probably more of a forward. Yeah, more of a forward, but like uh kind of a wing. But he he is good. Like he might be their best player, and like all these players need to fit around him. And Florida will be good this year, and I think they will. I think they'll they'll they will also still add some more from the portal, more at the guard likely. But in the SEC, Georgia, they got Silas Damari, who is a recent USC decommit. He is not a transfer. He is a class of twenty twenty three guard, still notable top one hundred guy. They also got RJ Melendez and Jim Deloach. Melendez comes from Illinois, where he was a solid rotation player. I think he started some games, played in the bench some games. Deloach is a solid big man from VCU. So, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts about those guys, especially probably more the transfers? Good for Deloach, especially being from Savannah, gets to head back to um, the state of Georgia. Uh, yeah, was a really consistent presence for VCU, was healthy, played in a combined 65 games through two seasons, freshman, sophomore seasons at VCU. De- Deloach can really play defense. And yeah, and, and his rebounding, in addition to his defense, is uh, is, is pretty good. So, mm-hmm. I, I and there's... Also there's... over one block and one steal per game, which is... Pretty yeah, so, yeah, you see the NX, yeah, exactly. There's block and steals in excess of one per game plus an assist per game. Not the offense is as forte, but like, it, yeah. yeah, it's going to be going to be a good resource for George on defense to have to deal with. I mean, yeah, obviously, he, he's a bigger guy, but you want to have you want to have long guys to uh, contend. I mean, if you if you need him to close out on, say, Aaron Estrada, like from the paint, like go oh, get a long arm in his face. Like so I'm just throwing it out there as two as SEC on SEC transfer matchup. Like it's gonna be fun. Like I am, I want to see how he guards the uh, these <laughs> SEC uh, all conference guys. Yeah, um, LSU has a good transfer class with uh, Jalen Cook, Jordan Wright, Carlos Stewart, and Will Baker. I think these are all like like this is what LSU needed to do. Matt McMahon, the uh, Murray State high major team was a failure, so he's kind of retooling the roster, and I like what he did with it. Like these, like Jalen Cook making his return to LSU, he was a top portal player. Will Baker was an All Mountain West guy. Uh, Carlos Stewart was a All WCC guy. Jordan Wright was a very solid SEC player already at Vanderbilt. So I, I really like how this these transfers all fit together. Yeah, a little bit of everything. You kind of talk about the backgrounds of those guys getting a variety of backgrounds involved. And yeah, it's a it's it compares probably this LSU class reminds me of the way we talked about NC State a little bit and how you can make them all yeah. fit. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um Mizzou, they got John Tonjig, Caleb Grill, and Tamar Bates. All kind of play the same position, all kind of like uh scoring guards grill can really shoot the ball Bates can also shoot the ball um i guess i can all shoot the ball tanja is a good shooter as well but yeah like they're all like scoring guards um pretty solid pickups all i think they can all kind of fit together as well tanja can probably play the, a little more to three and even Bates can kind of play the point guard at times so you can kind of like i think these are all good pickups maybe Bates is like 
good. Uh, like he was kind of projected for a breakout in the end. It never happened, but yeah, maybe this will be the spot for him. And yeah, Bates Bates did have 14 points against um Penn State in the NCAAs this March, but yeah, overall in the season, it wasn't wasn't the breakout. Yeah, his uh committed picture I saw. He has like a daughter, like a uh like a baby, uh, and like in her, uh his commitment picture like he posts on Instagram, like she was wearing like a tiger costume. It, it was pretty funny. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Getting the family involved. That's great. I have to, I have to yeah. take a look at that. I, I didn't get to see that exact picture, so I want to, yeah, find that. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss, they got Austin Nunez and Brandon Murray from um, well, Brandon Murray from Georgetown, Nunez from Arizona State. And while Nunez didn't put up, like, good stats at Arizona State necessarily, like, when I watched him, like, he he was good. Like, I think he's good. Murray, I'm not sure if he will be eligible, but like if he's in a good system, I think he's also a very good player in his return to the SEC. Any uh, thoughts on those two? All right, um, moving on to South Carolina, they got Salon Cooper, Stephen Clark, and Miles Studi. Um, Cooper is a very solid point guard. He he, I mean, in terms of like being a true point guard that can pass a ball, he really racked up assists at uh his prior stops. It's kind of funny that he's going from South or Minnesota to South Carolina from like one from the bottom staying on the bottom, but I think it's a solid get. Uh, Clark is probably not a high major guy, but kind of following the Hayden Brown footsteps, and then you have. Studi, who I think is actually like a really good pickup. He was a little disappointing this year at Vanderbilt, but also like he can shoot the ball pretty well. So the th- thoughts on this? Uh... Yeah, Talon. Mm-hmm. Talon Cooper is uh, he's from Roebuck, South Carolina. So I mean, getting to the Gamecocks, that uh, okay, that checks out. Uh, and addition, Cooper had 16 points in the Gophers. Big Ten tournament win over Nebraska. So when when Minnesota actually did make some hay, it was with uh, Talon Cooper. So I think this is a that's good for South Carolina to get him as he enters the back half of his college career. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is building up a really strong class with uh, Dalton Necht, Chris Ledlam, and Jordan Ganey. And like Necht is like he can really score the ball. Like this is a good pickup. Who knows if he's going to play defense at Tennessee? He'll probably be forced to since it's Tennessee, but like he's a really good scoring guy, good size. Can I think he will scoring will translate great? People thought he was going to Oregon, committed to Tennessee. Ledlam is another pickup, kind of more up in your area of the country from Harvard. He's like an athletic ish, uh, like three, four, probably more of a four, can has an, some good post moves. Can is pretty quick in the post with those moves, and then G- Ganey is the son of, I believe it's Justin Ganey is the Tennessee associate head coach, maybe not a really high major player, maybe, maybe, but he's still like not a terrible take, probably more of like a mid plus guy, but like a lot of these guys like that don't have any connections are as well, so like I think it's a good pickup. He shot the ball really well his freshman year. Decreased a little bit, but he's he's still fine. Like this transfer class is really good. So, do you have any thoughts on it? 
Yeah, it, it is. I'm a big fan of Ledlum. You you alluded to him being in my region. Uh, Ledlum, talk about, yes, offense, just under 19 points a game. Also a very active rebounder, eight and a half boards a game. It was certainly well inside top 100 in the country. But also just over one block and one steal per game in this recently completed season. So good two ways. That fits what we would expect to see. Tennessee picking up is a player who's going to meet the meet the expectation on defense. So yeah, this is uh, I I I'm really excited about Chris Ledlam wearing a Vol orange. Um, Texas A&M has picked up Jace Carter, who was a volume scorer at UIC. Um, he he shot more threes than he probably should have, considering his percentage. But I think this is a solid pickup because he's not he's probably not going to be their main point of offense. I'm not sure if Wade Taylor's coming back. I don't see why he wouldn't, but like, I, I think he can be a solid, like maybe like a bench spark scorer. Um, I mean, do you have, do you have many thoughts on Carter? Yeah. You, you touched on it in terms of this volume and it'll just, that'll adjust depending on what he has uh, with or with them at uh, AM. Yep. Yeah. Um, Evan Taylor has committed to Vanderbilt. Um, he is more up in your area of the country from Lehigh. I mean, have you like watched him? much or have any scouting report yeah i haven't i haven't i been able to see a lot of him just because i haven't been able to see a lot of lehigh uh in terms of its season in the in the um in the patriot, patriot league yeah. but you look at evan taylor uh he's at just over 14 points a game he's been in double figures and been a regular 30 game player in both of these past two seasons so he's been durable uh not the same Activity on defense is some of the uh, guys I've discussed a couple minutes ago, but that three-point percentage uh, was its best it's been in a season in his career at 43%. Yeah, yeah, he, he can really shoot the ball. So that's, he can really so that's, score the ball. From... Yeah, so it's the shooting It's the shooting from long range that I, uh, that I yeah, like. Like, like, who knows how good he's going to translate? Like, that. that's yeah. definitely a big issue with him. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and so, also Vandy. Vandy's not a school that's quick to get into either. I mean, but he comes from Lehigh, comes from Page League school. Yeah, I mean, so he, Lehigh's a pretty good yeah, school. I believe. He passes. He passes muster and academically, of course. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that fit on that school and athletic level makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's uh, cut off the episode here, as that is all the Power Six transfers so far this off season. Either recovered on this episode or last. Um, Running pretty long, so this was a long episode, but it it was a good one. Lots of yeah. content, lots of, lots of a lot of things. Some live reactions <laughs> too. That was fun. But that was fun. Yeah, we we can probably do another episode like in the next few days, just like just just covering like the mid major transfers. Obviously, I had a lot of names down, but I don't think time will allow us to talk about them right now. But some of these mid major guys are really good, and they they definitely uh need covered. So. Oh, there's no doubt. It took everything in me not to say the name Josh Cohen before, like earlier we talked yeah. the NEC, and I was like, ah, but we'll we'll, we'll yeah. get we'll get we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Well, I guess so d- just stay tuned in the next few days, but you know, until then, we we will be following the transfer portal, and we will be ready for next episode. So, yep.